Hey guys, welcome back to a brand new episode. I'm here with Jung Hyun. He is the founder of Little Smiles here in Coquitlam and uh, one location, another location in Vancouver. Um, and I just want to ask, as you know, as a dentist, um, different questions that children might be, or teenagers or whoever might be afraid to ask you, or that wouldn't really align with doing their teeth work and asking you these questions on mm -hmm. how you got to your position and all this interesting things. Um, so I'll begin by asking you, why dental care? What what fascinated you? What fascinated you about getting into teeth and finding out about you know the human mm. jaw structure and all of that? Okay. So uh, I started as an engineer. Oh. So I uh, after my graduation from high school, uh, I I studied bioengineering. So bioengineering covers broad spectrum of uh, engineering, uh, mechanical engineering, chemical engineering, fluid dynamics, uh, and then because it's biology, bioengineering, we also cover physiology, um, human anatomy, whole spectrum. So uh, when I graduated, I had a lot of choices, or maybe too many choices. So, uh, and uh, unfortunately back then, um, which is in 1990, Seven. <laughs> um, bioengineering was a very new subject, and uh, there was no not many jobs that's available as a bioengineering um, major. Uh, right now, there's so many. So, uh, if I studied bioengineering back like now, I may not have been a dentist mm -hmm. because there's so many opportunities as a bioengineer. But back then, there wasn't so many, and uh, the only way to get a job was to study uh, further into master's degree after college. And I did some research in bioengineering, and I didn't like the research. Looking at the computer all day long wasn't, a, wasn't my thing. Mm -hmm. So I looked into other options, and uh, dentistry came to my mind because in dentistry, we use a lot of instruments and machines. And that kind of fits into what I did before. So I applied to dental school and then I got into dental school and I studied dentistry. And after I finished my dental school, I, I realized I like dealing with kids. Um, so I studied more, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, two, three, three more years. And uh, after that, I, yeah, that's how I, my career began. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, what degrees did you need to have to become a dentist? So basically after high school you need to go to college um, and then after college degree then you need to go to dental school and get a dental degree which is sometimes called a doctor of dental surgery or some schools uh, give you a doctor of, doctor of medicine in dentistry. So those are the two kind of degrees that uh, you get as a dentist. And after that, uh, you can specialize into many different specialty in dentistry, uh, which requires more study. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but that after special after the specialty, you do not get a degree. Uh, you are recognized as a specialist after that. But oh. the to be recognized as a specialist, you just have to take the national exam and pass the exam, and then then you get a title called the Royal. Uh, a fellow of a Royal College of Dentists in Canada. And uh, what that title gives you is that it's, as you can uh, imagine with the title Royal, 
uh, all the um, you can use your degree uh, in all the British Commonwealth countries, and you can practice as a dentist in that those countries like UK, hmm. New Zealand, Australia, uh, Hong Kong. No, it used to be Hong Kong, but not anymore. And those countries in South Africa also. Yeah. So these, all these degrees and all these exams. Could spread could spread throughout all these different countries that you named, and you could become a dentist in any. No, of those no, because because yeah, I I have real uh, I'm a fellow of a real college of dentists of Canada, which you can only get oh, as a specialist. I see. Yeah, so uh, so that's one of the advantages. If you want to mm -hmm. you know go to work the other country and work, yeah, you, I can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, where did you and your uh, family come from? I come from Korea, South Korea. When did you leave South Korea? Uh, in high school. High school. Do you think the level of... Sorry, did you, did, did you um, study education here in Canada? Yes. I, so after uh, in the middle of high school in Korea, I came here. Oh, okay. And I studied so you had a few in years high school left. and then I went to college. Okay. And would you say the level of education is different? Uh, like work-wise, load-wise... Is it different between Korea and Canada? Oh yeah, it's completely different. In how? In what ways? Uh, in Korea, it's only study. The only thing that matters is you what you do, uh, what you grade. Mm -hmm. I mean, back it was a long time ago, so it may right. be different. But the back then, uh, when I moved here, uh, it was different. It's your grade is also important, but also you have a chance to do many other things like music, sports. Uh, Music and sports were my two things, but uh, you know, after school you don't study more, you do more extracurricular activities, which is much better, and uh, I think it's much better for well-being of everyone that you do, uh, you study and you do other things, like physical things to uh, develop, because it's not the brain that you need to develop, you need to develop any other things. In the, right. You learn other things uh, in different way, not just you can learn everything by study. So, I had, I, I my experience in Canada was a lot, a lot better than in Korea. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, do you think both of these approaches, having as, as you coming from both, is that more beneficial to your line of work now? Seeing these two perspectives of cultures, seeing these two perspectives of education, do you think that helped you grow? into who you are today? Um, in some way, I think so. Um, because when, I guess, I think it's, uh, I, I, I learned how to study in Korea and uh, it's very efficient and effective way. So, uh, um, so I didn't have any problem studying hard here. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what was beneficial and also um, learning many like like getting into music. I, I was I did get I like play some music in Korea, but I didn't really get into in depth. Mm -hmm. But in Canada, when I was in high school in Canada, I was able to get into in depth in music, and I, that's how I got into playing jazz uh, with a saxophone, and that's still a big part of my life and what I listen to jazz and classic, and so. I think both helped me uh, in certain way, and also knowing two different cultures is also really beneficial. 
uh, especially in a you know city like Vancouver where there's so many people with from different background with the culture. Uh, yeah. Uh, so when I deal with my patients, uh, I can understand some how some parents think uh, because every culture has a different uh, approach or how they look mm -hmm. at things and. Uh, uh, I can understand where they're coming from, so I can talk to them and uh, uh, help them understand why this needs to be done in a way that they understand. Right. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned studying very efficiently for you. Mm -hmm. What did that look like? What, how, how did you get to study that efficiently and what different tips, uh, tricks wow. did you use? I think it's different for everyone. Like some people right. do better by listening. Some people do better by looking at things, like or 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 learning from the lecture. Some people do better by you know, talking with others. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, because study like the study requirement in Korea is so intense that it's under a lot of pressure. So uh, like, and the, the the amount that you need to study is a lot more. So I learned how to organize myself. And then my way of studying was to make my own notes out of the textbook or the, uh, anything like a school notes even. And then I make a summary of what I learned and then I make a summary of what I learned again. So summary, I make a summary of summary of what I learned. Okay. And it gets shorter and shorter and shorter. Mm -hmm. And then it ends up becoming in one page summary. And that's everything that I need to know for that test. So that's how I do it. And uh, it, it worked before, and then that's how I learned, how I memorize, and how I learn. And because I had to go through that intense pressure to study, I developed that technique. And uh, if I didn't have that pressure, I don't think I could have developed the technique. But I don't think this is for everyone. Right, like right. Everybody has different technique and the way to learn, so I don't think this is uh, the way to go. <laughs> but I think this is some uh, some this kind of technique that I learned. Were grades, were your grades, school grades, really important for your parents? Did your parents strive for you to, you know, be the best of the best? And not really. Uh, My parents no. didn't have too much pressure on grades. Uh, they wouldn't really touch me on like what I do. Uh, Especially when I'm when I studied in Canada because I was by myself. I didn't. Uh, my parents were still in Korea. I was in the boarding school, so uh, uh, there was too much. There wasn't any pressure on grades. Uh, I just studied what I had to study. That's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, the pressure that the Korean education applied and the pressure that uh, the Canadian education system applied which education do you think is more beneficial where they apply more pressure or here where they apply less pressure on students for education? less pressure less pressure less is pressure. better uh, because you may memorize more things by under a lot of pressure but was it useful I don't think so like do I remember anything mm -hmm. when I memorized when I was in high school or even when I was in college not so much, uh, but do I remember how to do things, understand things? Uh, I do. So memorizing, memorizing things doesn't really last that long. 
but the uh, understanding is like riding a bike. Like once you know, uh, uh, learn how to ride a bike, you don't forget. Right. So how, like understanding the concept is more important to me. And uh, to understand the concept, you don't want to be under pressure. You want to be curious. You want to be experimenting. And maybe that's why I went into engineering, because that's how we think. We mm-hmm. don't memorize things. We use books to get the uh, find the re- reference. We don't memorize things, and uh, and that's my style. And uh, the Canadian education system is better for me it's because they don't emphasize too much on memorizing. It's more of understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think your parents uh, pushed you to becoming an engineer, or was it just your decision? To do something in the engineering or study engineering. There's no engineer in my family. Uh. <laughs> I chose to become an engineer. Uh-huh. Yeah, my, my, my dad is a physician, and uh, uh, but I like math and physics, and that's why I decided. And I I wanted I like something practical, so mm-hmm. uh, and I, I I like biology also. So I like it most things. So I said okay, and bioengineering was a very uh, new thing. And uh, of course, as a college, like a high school student, I'm always curious about new things. So I decided to get into bioengineering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And could you talk upon why you decided to to do children's teeth instead of adults' teeth? What's the difference? And what's easier? What's harder? What's more interesting? Yeah. So it's not about teeth. Um, when I deal with the children, and I realize that children, first of all, they're is they're very pure people they don't lie to you usually they uh-huh. are they show you uh, if they're mad at you they will tell me if they're scared they will tell me they're very honest and uh, and uh, for the scared kid I I can relate to them and I and I guess it comes in with a nature that I can uh, help them and uh, the changing the scared face to the happy face is really something that is not it's not something that not many people can do on children and uh, I do feel that I have some ability to do that and it was fun dealing with the kids and the child. basically have, it's nice to change it, how they think about dentists or and like uh, have them a really scared uh, they come in really scared face and they leave with a happy face that's something that I like doing mm-hmm. that's why I decided to do children's dentistry a lot of people told me, why are you doing children's dentistry? There's no money in it. <laughs> I said, well, I like children. So that's the reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And why are these teeth checkups always so expensive? Is it the uh, tools, knowledge that goes into it? Or why, 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 why do you think? Mm. Well, both. Uh, anything that's sold under the name of dental is about 10 times more expensive than the similar instrument that's sold in uh, like a hardware store. Mm-hmm. Any dental material is very, very expensive. And, uh, and then also on top of it, you know, as you can see, you need to quite study quite a bit to, uh, to work as a dentist. So there's a lot, a lot of education and the um, knowledge that we have and that we need to provide to the patient. So uh, that's the price, and uh, um, 
it's it may come as a, like a really expensive uh, as a uh, patient point of perspective, uh, but it does cost a lot to run the office too. It's very very expensive. Mm. Uh, there's a lot. So that's the business aspect of uh, you know running the uh, dental office. It's uh, well, there are a lot of costs that the patient or the, the parents do not do not see uh, that goes in that uh, adds up and uh, so the, usually about uh, at least sixty percent of the uh, the money that comes into dental dental office is at least 60% is spent as expenditure. Hmm. Yeah, it's quite expensive and it could be up to 80%. Wow. Yeah. Why are all these equipment so expensive? Is it is it the materials used or is it just how it is? Well, the really materials expensive? also and also the, some companies are they do have a monopoly. Mm. And uh, and the uh, Unfortunately, let's say there's a you know main brand that provides like and makes the dental instrument mm-hmm. like one instrument right. let's say dental drill right and uh, there's a new company that comes out and they advertise that this is new uh, we're new and uh, we're cheaper than the main brand please use us no one buys it because. Dentists, we we don't want to try something new and fail because we are doing something permanent in someone's mouth and uh, you don't want to take the risk on someone's tooth and uh, use an inferior quality instrument and ruin someone's teeth. So it's very difficult for dentists to change the instruments or uh, things that we've been using for many years and go jump into the newer and cheaper brand because we're, we need to be very cautious, we need to be very careful. So a lot of times we ask the salesperson, is there research behind this, like have you done the research, is there, uh, has this uh, dental material lasted, like how long, uh, like a, what, what's the track record, like do you have a 10 year study, right? <laughs> so it's very difficult, so these big companies, they, take, they, they do take advantage of it because they know that we can, we're not going to leave them. <laughs> so right. they can increase their price, but we're not leaving because we don't want to take any risk. So it's very difficult for the new, patient, new, new companies to get some share of the, um, the market. It's difficult. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it takes so many years for this more, you know, some dentists are more conservative and some dentists are more brave. Then they will jump in and use it and tell others, that, oh yeah, I switched to this one and uh, it's working better than the other one, right? But it takes a long time okay. for the for so, and then the, they become the main one and then we don't want to switch. So it's not like you know, let's say you know, Tesla comes out and everybody's like, oh, electric vehicle and they buy, everybody mm-hmm. goes and buy it. It doesn't happen like that in dental world. It happens very slowly and have. Uh, other, like, we need to have more dentists use it and then get some testimonial or there's some research come out of it then we go okay maybe it's safe to change mm-hmm. yeah. so that's why there's a lot of monopoly and the price gouging but we can't help it we are the consumer and we are the 
we're helpless. Right. Yeah. yeah. Because it's a free market. Like they can do whatever they want if there's a demand for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you see the biggest problem with children's teeth? Like if they come in for a checkup, what is the most mm, often thing you guys would discover that's a problem? Well, of course, dental cavity, right? Uh, now, it's related to hygiene and uh, diet. And uh, I mean, biggest problem, I think, is it just how, the, like, from, depending on the age, too. Like, mm-hmm. for younger, like, a really small children, like one, two, three year old, no, parents do everything, they do everything, they brush, they, uh, they feed them, so children eat, those young children, they eat what parents give them, they brush, so the child, they all, everything they get in contact with is controlled by parents, so right. th- it depends on what they're exposed to, uh, this size, if they are cavity prone, or they they high risk or low risk, and uh, some parents really don't get it, like they don't really... Some parents go, oh, he's a baby tooth anyway, he's going to fall out, why do I care? So it's, sometimes it becomes a cultural thing. And uh, so, um, and there's some culture, they do put uh, sugar or there's something sweet in the milk so that babies drink more milk. Oh, I see. So, and uh, they, it does ruin their teeth quite significantly. So like we, sometimes we have a one-year-old with a cavity on like eight teeth. So, which is really significant, and uh, they end up needing a treatment under general anesthesia at BC Children's Hospital. So, uh, um, depends. Uh, and uh, I mean, so the I mean, we I'm here to find out, make sure there's no problem, and some, but basic problem is the dental cavity. Like, um, but how it happens, it all depends. Like for younger children, is basically mostly most likely caused by parents mm-hmm. and for older kids uh, lack of hygiene is the biggest problem for kids at your age uh, they don't you guys don't we know how to brush well but you guys are too busy and the brush really slow really fast like to 10 seconds 15 seconds and 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 the, some teenagers really don't care don't care, like a lack of uh, attention to hygiene sometimes is a problem. Mm-hmm. So it's depending on the age and the, right. the family and the culture, there's so many things, the variables that I can't really say what, like one thing could be the biggest problem. It, yeah. Is sugar the biggest and the only contributor to cavities? Not really. Uh, that's the general like uh, concept that people think, like sugar. but. It's more of a frequency of exposure to food. It doesn't have to be sugar. Uh, let's say you eat uh, crackers uh, 10 times a day. Mm-hmm. You are at high risk of getting cavity. So the bacteria in the mouth doesn't care if it's sugar or carbohydrate. Carbohydrate and sugar are the same thing when it's broken down. And uh, let's say you have a bowl of chocolate. and you eat the whole bowl of chocolate at all at once and you don't eat any sugar for one week, that's fine. You won't get cavity. Same bowl of chocolate and you eat it 
every hour or every day, twice a day, often, then you're at risk. So it's the same amount of the sugar we're dealing with. And how many times you eat it? How many times you're exposed to it? Oh, okay. Is an issue. Yeah. So it's not about sugar, but it's about how often you eat. So let's say the teenagers, you guys um, eat snacks. You guys are always hungry. Mm-hmm. And they eat all the time. That puts you at a little higher risk. Because there's... Okay, so what happens when the food goes into the mouth? Uh-huh. You swallow it, but some of them are left in the mouth. And that becomes a food source for the bacteria to multiply. And one of the byproduct is acid. And that acid weakens the tooth. So, you can think of it like this. When you eat something, your tooth gets weak. And if you're not eating, their saliva is a natural buffer and it neutralizes acidity. And when it's not acidic anymore, there's a calcium in the saliva and they strengthen the tooth again. So, after you eat, your tooth gets weak after you if you're not eating your tooth gets stronger so if you keep eating basically you're as there will be acid attack after one after another and then your your saliva doesn't get a chance to neutralize things and then your tooth gets weaker and weaker and weaker and then that once it's too late then your tooth start to break down then that's a bit that cavity oh i see so if you snack a lot that means your your tooth your saliva doesn't get a chance to recuperate from the acid attack so so it's not about sugar but it's more of a frequency of eating and and if you are eating frequently you should be drinking more water to wash things down uh that will really help and the pop is the worst because pop is carbonated carbonated water is acidic by nature Okay. So you're drinking acid water. <laughs> so, okay. so you're weakening the tooth to begin with. And you guys don't drink no sugar pop, right? You drink the one with the sugar in it. So you're feeding the bacteria to produce more acid. So it's a double wine. So it's really, really bad for the teeth. So pop is really, really bad. Uh, instead of pop, you should guys should be drinking that just regular water. Water is the best thing. Mm-hmm. There's um, no other uh, drink other than milk and water that should be used by anyone. You look at you go to Seven Eleven and you can you look at the fridge. Everything's carbonated, or there's sugar in it, iced tea. Nothing's good for the teeth or health. Like sugar is not really good for the health neither. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. For example, soda stream, right? Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. So you, you you take regular water and then you carbonate it. Well, that's also acid presumed water. to be bad. Yes. Yeah. It's acid water. Why? 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 Why is that bad? Because any carbon dioxide that's uh, dissolved in the water, basically fizzy water or bubbly water, is acidic water. So the carbonated bubbles naturally have acid in them. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, it may be cool to drink the bubbly water, but it's not really cool for the teeth. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. So, so in Europe, a lot of people drink bubbly water because in Europe, the water is not that clean. Mm-hmm. The water has a lot of um, 
in the old days, like the, it wasn't clean. So they made a covenant, they liked the covenant of water because it's acidic water, there's less bacteria living in it. So that's the, where the Europeans come from. Like they, that's why they love them drink uh, covenant water because they've been drinking covenant water for a long time. But that's not really good for the teeth. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of Europe, um, fluoride uh, is 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 used in every toothpaste. Mm-hmm. Uh, is added in tap water, um, and I know some people who buy toothpaste specifically with no fluoride in it, mm-hmm. and um, some people say that fluoride is good good for your teeth, good for your gums. Some people say it's not really good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, in the uh, in, 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 in Europe, uh, many countries, they, they banned or they took away fluoride that came naturally through tap water because they said it was take it, taking it in a, in a lot, right? Because it's only a little bit. But if you take it in more, it's really, it's, it's really bad for you and it deteriorates this part of your tooth and that and that and that. Uh, what, do you, what, what, what do you think about fluoride? Do you think it's, fluoride's fine? Or fluoride is the, the best thing you can have. For the teeth, um, I don't know where you read about Europeans the removing the fluoride because, in as far as I know, Europe is actually more more than North America to use fluoride, and they are more into prevention than uh, what we do here. Hmm. Uh, there, especially uh, especially Northern Europe, uh, like uh, more developed uh, Europe European countries. They are very big on the public health, and that they they make sure the fluoride is in the water, so people get exposure to fluoride. Now in Vancouver, Vancouver is the really I think is the only one city in the world that is the in that's in uh, developed world that doesn't have fluoride in the water. Hmm. We voted to not to have a fluoride in the water. Um, it was very, very unusual. Uh, so, um, there are some toothpaste without the fluoride because some cities, uh, um, most of the cities, developed countries, cities have fluoride in the water. And uh, for us, for grown ups or the you know, um, people who just uh, brush with a toothpaste with the fluoride and who can rinse and spit. There's no problem, but the kids who cannot uh, rinse and spit, they may be exposed too much to fluor- too much fluoride if they we use a uh, toothpaste with the fluoride. So that's why there's a toothpaste without the fluoride, so that parents in those cities with the fluoride in the water can use those, and the child can swallow the toothpaste. Oh, okay. But in Vancouver, there's no fluoride in the water. So what I recommend to parents is use a toothpaste with a fluoride on even on a very young child who cannot rinse and spit because it will be beneficial for them to swallow a little bit of those the toothpaste with a fluoride and have some fluoride in the system. And uh, if they're uh, concerned about the f- too much fluoride, they can also wipe inside the mouth after they brush children's teeth so that they don't ingest too much fluoride. Mm-hmm. But fluoride is, um, many people have may have different opinion, but the, my right. stand is that fluoride is good for the teeth. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you said too much fluoride isn't good, but trace amounts is okay yes. for the body because we produce it naturally? 
No, or, or do, no. do we just it have does, it? Yeah, the little bit of fluoride will get incorporated in, incorporate, incorporated into the into the teeth, and uh, it it becomes a stronger tooth that's more resistant to acid attack. Oh, I see. Uh, so, like, puts like a protective cover over it to stop acid from deteriorating. Uh, not cover, but the uh, fluoride and the calcium they can switch places uh, on the tooth. Uh-huh. So the calcium, the, the, the tooth is made out of 99% calcium. So it's mostly calcium uh, um, um, atom on the tooth surface. Now fluoride can take this place of calcium and go into the tooth. And uh, so it becomes a, a chemical structure called a fluoroapatite. And uh, that structure is actually more resistant to acid attack, and uh, it doesn't break down easily in the acidic environment. So fluoride, the fluoride getting in incorporated into the tooth structure is a, uh, a main protection that we get out of uh, having fluoride in the water system. Mm -hmm. So when you go to dentist, dentist puts uh, fluoride on your teeth, which is very sticky, and that fluoride. Um, will keep going into the tooth structure so make your tooth stronger and stronger. Oh, I see. Yeah. So it feels kind of nasty right. when you put it, but uh, it's really beneficial for your teeth. Would calcium and fluoride, do they do about the same thing, both strengthen teeth? Yeah, so the calcium, like tooth, is naturally calcium. Okay. And the fluoride going into the tooth structure and the replacing the calcium, it enhances the strength. Yeah. So okay. uh, now some people are worried about too much fluoride and uh, to have a too much fluoride um, and to have a bad uh, consequence from it, you need to be exposed to a high level of fluoride for a long time. Your body then starts to um, have an effect on, from the high level of fluoride and the fluoride gets incorporated into the bone and then causes some bone issue. And then uh, your teeth uh, color changes to darker color, but to have okay. that effect, you need to be exposed to the high dose, high concentration, not the amount like a um, uh, concentration that you see in the regular water supply in other other cities, which is one ppm, is one parts per million, which is really very really small amount. You need to be exposed to way more concentration than of the fluoride. Uh, for a long time. So I've seen mm. that happen on some people who live in the, out, uh, in the rural area of a BC. Uh, there's a naturally occurring fluoride in the well water and they didn't know about it. And they unknowingly they were exposed to high level of fluoride and their teeth are all dark gray and dark black. Oh, I see. But they didn't know about it. So they were drinking their water for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. Likelihood of that something like that happening in the big city like Vancouver, no. Yeah, and we don't have a fluoride in the water, so like the chances are even lower. So having some fluoride in the toothpaste, it will not cause any damage to people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have there's mouthwash and there's people that use hydrogen peroxide uh -huh. to rinse out their mouth. Is there a benefit to using mouthwash and is there a benefit to using 
only hydrogen peroxide. So mouthwash has many different things in the mouthwash and depending on your purpose, some mouthwash is for the gum disease, like improve the gum disease and that, that mouthwash uh, will kill some germs, the bacteria that cause uh, gum disease mm-hmm. and also has fluoride in it and has also has some, uh, like a menthol is su- uh, supposed to kill some bacteria too. Uh, so there, has, there are many things that they believe is beneficial for the teeth and the gum. Hydrogen peroxide doesn't do anything to the teeth. It doesn't have any fluoride, doesn't have any chemicals right. or medicine that's gonna benef- is, is beneficial for the teeth. But hydrogen peroxide has a property of killing bacteria. So it will uh, kill some bacteria that they, they may they cause gum disease and maybe some uh, um, dental cavity too. Uh, but they're not known to be effective on preventing cavity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but hydrogen peroxide may be helpful for the gum, gum disease. I see. So, yeah. you, so, so you'd prefer um, mouthwash over hydrogen peroxide because yeah. mouthwash has all these different elements in it that are also beneficial yeah, for yeah. everything in your mouth. Uh-huh. Okay. No, that makes sense. Um, and we'll finish up here. Last question. Uh, what is some beneficial book or podcast that you've read or listened to that could be beneficial for other students or that helped you in this line of work? Oh, I don't know. That's pretty difficult because I've been in this field for a while. Uh, or maybe any books that you've read recently, any podcasts that you've listened to recently that you really liked? Uh, I'm not sure, to be honest. Uh, but my advice is don't focus on only one thing. Always try different things, new things. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I think it makes your life more fun too. Uh, let's say, like, if I only do only dentistry in my life, I would. I think I'd be really boring. Maybe like my life would be really boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because I did engineering, I studied engineering, I still play with things like a 3D printer and I try to see if I can make up, uh, make a new device in den- that we can use in dentistry. Hmm. And so it's more like I do more things that more, needs more creativity. Right. And uh, I think that becomes a more fun thing to do, right? Uh, I'm not saying that doing dentistry is not fun, but um, right, it right. becomes an, um, I, I do the same things, right? That in my office, I do uh, see the same my patient and I do consultation and then do dental treatment and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there, but at home, I do more creative things to uh, to make my life more fun. Right. Yeah. No. Right. Yeah, I think being creative is more like a. I don't uh, think there's any book that I can recommend, but uh, just be creative. I think that's the best thing advice yeah. I can give. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Okay. It's been a pleasure. Learned a lot about mouthwash, all these different things, <laughs> and it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you.